This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. I am so thrilled that you've joined me today. Can you do me a favor? Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And with that, I welcome you to what will be a very equipping and encouraging edition of Equip TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. You made it. Uh, hopefully you are ready for a great weekend that includes gathering together with the people of God in the house of God to lift up the name of God. You do better when you're in church, and I want to encourage you to get in church this weekend, in particular if you've been disconnected for a while. And I know there's a lot of reasons why not, but there are also some wonderful reasons on why we need to be in community. Uh, None of us are meant to travel this road alone. So I want to encourage you, get in community, reconnect with the Word of God, reconnect with um, uh, your family of faith. I want to encourage you towards that end. I want to say thank you also to all of you who participated in yesterday's Zoom webinar. What a great uh, time we had. I feel like it was healing and educational. Uh, For those of you who are not aware, we did a Zoom webinar as we do quarterly for our monthly partners and some special guests. And the uh, topic was uh, uh, Jesus, Anxiety, and Depression, where we uh, discussed openly what the Bible has to say about mental health, We uh, dealt with some misconceptions about depression and anxiety. We unpacked what the Bible has to say about uh, these things. Uh, Are they sins? Are they disorders? We talked about where do we turn for hope and so much more. Uh, In the future, we'll make this resource available uh, for you. But again, I want to say thank you because none of this is possible apart from our monthly partners. And so I'm so grateful for each and every one of you. Also, one of the things I want you to also be aware of is next week, we got a great lineup of guests. Jarvis Williams will be joining me on Monday as we reflect on the life and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and also dive into his book, Redemptive Kingdom Diversity. Also on Wednesday, Kara Powell is going to join me to talk about mental health and young adults. And I'm so excited about that and so much more. So don't miss next week. There's a ton of great content coming your way. If you miss anything, go to our website at equipradio.org. But as for today, I get a chance to talk to one of my favorite people, uh, one of the uh, bright stars of the uh, apologetic world and uh, someone who I think is a voice for this generation expressing the truths of the gospel in a way that connects with the heart of our culture. Lisa Fields is no stranger to equip. She's the founder and president of the Jew 3 Project, whose mission is to help uh, the Christian community, especially Christians from an African descent, uh, know what they believe and why they believe it. She is uh, one of the world's uh, most sought-after apologists, 
and has quickly become someone who is a trusted voice, even for non-Christians, about how they view the church. She's joining me today to talk about a tool that her ministry has produced called Courageous Conversations. This is a tool uh, that you'll need for the conversations that our culture is having. Lisa, how are you today? I'm good. Thank you for having me again, Chris. I appreciate it. Hey, it is always great when you stop by. I definitely want to get caught up on uh, all that's going on in your ministry. But before we do that and before we dive into courageous conversations, share with the folks who may not be familiar uh, the the mission and vision of Jew 3. Yeah, Jew 3 really exists to help black Christians specifically know what they believe and why and also engage uh, black skeptics. Um, many, according to Barner stats, uh, many African-Americans are leaving the church, are rejecting the authority of scripture and are latching on to this idea of being more spiritual than religious. And we I just feel like God has called me and our ministry to help bridge that gap uh, of apologetics for African-Americans. And that's what we do. We do that through uh, documentaries that we produce. Uh, we have web series like Why Don't Go. We have curriculum, online courses, podcasts. Uh, we really tr- uh, think we help people reimagine faith um, through through apologetics, through multimedia. Um, it, that's a larger scope of what we do. Talk about your commitment to scripture. And I, and I bring that up to say that you, you guys are engaging so many uh, social and cultural issues and the temptation is when engaging these to simply use social or cultural tools to engage mm-hmm. it. But I know your ministry well enough to know that the primary tool that you use to engage these is not only a listening heart, but um, the message of the gospel. So talk a little bit about the commitment of the ministry to Scripture. Yes, yeah, Scripture is our anchor. It's our foundation. Um, I remember what part of my faith journey and coming to apologetics was my struggle of wrestling with the authority of scripture in undergrad at the University of North Florida, sitting in a U- U- uh, New Testament class, reading a Bart Ehrman textbook. Mm. And I really struggled, you know, whether, whether I should believe the faith because still believe the Bible, because these were objections he had brought up that I had never heard of. You know, I've been in church all my life. I'm a PK. And I've been in Sunday school, so I know the word, but I was like, I've never thought about where the Bible came from. And it was one night I was sitting in my room and I had apologetic resources, but I was still wrestling. And I played Bible lottery, you know, where you just open the Bible <laughs> and hope it lands on something that can yeah, help. Yeah. And I landed on the passage in John where he said, you need, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Mm. And, and many left. And he looked at Peter and said, will you also go? And it was like the Holy Spirit was speaking to me in that moment. And saying, you know, are you going to leave me? You don't know all the information you get to help you trust this book, but are you going to leave, even though it's hard? And at that moment, I made a commitment to to God and to the authority of his word, knowing that I don't know everything, but this is the book that's anchored my soul. This is the book that anchored me, and I trust it, even though I can't understand everything. And that commitment that night when I was in college has helped me through to see that the more I dig, the more I understand that this word is true and it guides our life and it is what we need to live. Other things are helpful, 
but it is the word that really is transformative. And so that that has shaped my commitment to it. I, I just want you guys to hear from uh, her her mouth, and I've seen it in her life and her engagement. And I'm so glad you acknowledge you're a PK. So that means you got to behave, or I get to tell your dad. but you are doing so much and i'm so grateful and i want folks to learn and plug into your uh your your ministry but one of the things that you're doing is a um uh, a series and this has been annual now for for several years called courageous conversations out of which came a tool uh before we get to the tool talk about courageous conversations Yeah, Courageous Conversations is our annual gathering, our big conference every year. Uh, For the last few years, it's been in Washington, D.C. It'll be there again this year um, on Labor Day weekend. But it basically pairs the leading scholars from progressive and conservative spaces to talk about the most pressing issues in culture. Sexuality, justice, authority of scripture, what is truth. All the, as I say, easy topics (laughs) that we are all wrestling with. And one of the reasons I want to do that is because oftentimes we don't have a space as African-Americans to highlight the diverse scholarship that exists in our communities and also uh, to to dive into the topics in a way that matters to us and that's connected to our experience. And I think what we've been able to do with Courageous is show a broad view of thought, um, but also uh, highlight Black voices when people think scholarship sometimes is dominated by white European voices show that that black people have existed in this space of scholarship and have written on it and have something to say to help the whole world. Yeah. Some may question why is this needed? And and I just want to answer that real quickly. And I would love for you to also join into this, this response, but, um, I think that one of the most powerful things about what you're doing and about Courageous Conversations in particular is that there is a tendency to view um, African-American Christianity as being Um, Mm non-theological. I remember when I first began to engage in apologetics, talking to some of the more prominent mainline, if you will, apologists or more popular apologists and uh, them being surprised that there were those who were having these conversations, let alone the history of scholarship that existed uh, within within a community. And, uh, and, and man, what a joy it's been to be able to create spaces and to see uh, movements like yours that are creating greater spaces for these conversations to happen. And I think there's a dual benefit. I think the benefit to those within urban communities is that there are unique apologetic questions, unique questions people are asking about the gospel in every cultural setting. And so therefore there are unique answers that need to be given. I don't care if you're talking about the Welsh context uh, or uh, Western European enlightenment. I don't care if you're talking about the communism, Marxism of Eastern Europe. I don't care if you're talking about the totalitarianism of China and Iran or Islam's movement into Persia and the Middle East or African-American urban communities. And there are unique questions in all of these cultural contexts that require unique conversations to take place. But I also think the secondary benefit, Lisa, 
is for those outside of the community because I don't want anybody to listen to us today and say, well, I don't fit that context, so let me check out. Because for those who are interested and not only interested but really believe in the redemptive vision of Scripture for the body of Christ to be multi-ethnic, racially unified, then that means we have to have common concern for one another. And uh, in particular, I would say, for those whose voices have uh, often been minimized or marginalized, I think all the more. Lisa, any thoughts on that? No, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it's for not just, like you said, our community, but it, it really, I think, is a rich resource for all other communities as well. How were the topics picked for this? I look at the uh, resource, uh, some of the questions that you take up in this resource. And again, this is broadly a tool for everybody. I would encourage everybody to uh, consider getting a copy of this tool, uh, in particular if you're doing urban ministry or desire to be more effective or conversant. But here are the topics. What is truth? Can we trust the Bible? Is Jesus the only way? What is sin? What is justice? What does the Bible say about same-sex relationships? There's a whole plethora of uh, topics you could have chosen. Talk about how you chose these. Yeah, I just, I thought about what were, I felt like the foundational questions that Christians need to to wrestle with, that they're talking to their cousins and their family members about who left the church or are not Christian. And I thought these were the, to me, the core questions that we see, um, you know, through Eyes of Color, we dealt with the question, is Christianity and white man's religion for that curriculum? But I really wanted to dive into the questions that really anchor us as believers um, to really make sure that everyday Christian is equipped to have these conversations. Because when people watch Courageous Conversations, they're hearing scholars talk, and for some, that are not seminary trained, they'll say it's like drinking from a, a fire hydrant, yes. fire hose. It's, it's a lot of information. And so what we wanted to do and what we seek to do with all our curriculums and resources is break it down to a sixth, seventh grade level so the everyday church member can wrestle with these ideas in their own terms and be able to communicate it, whether they went to seminary or not. Because I think that's what's missing uh, in many Christians, the, the inability to articulate well what they believe even if they haven't went to seminary, they just don't know. I I remember uh, for a Why Don't Go series, DC, one of the girls said, you know, I've been in church my whole life and I have, I feel like I have nothing to show for it. I don't even know how mm. to articulate why I believe. Mm. And that was just so sad to me yeah. that we haven't equipped everyday people. We're like, man, it's good that my pastor went to seminary. It's good that the associate pastor went to seminary. And I'm not saying that the everyday church member has to go to seminary. I'm just saying that you need to know what you believe and be able to articulate it yes. to skeptics um, in order for you to be an effective witness. Yes. And, and I would, and I would also add, you need to know what you believe uh, both for the skeptic and for the people you love that you have stewardship responsibility for. I'm a parent, right? I got to mm-hmm. be able to explain the faith to my children and to hopefully help them to understand uh, what the gospel is. And so this is important for me on so many levels. We got to take a break. The resource is Courageous Conversations. It's a tool that will help you to engage in the conversations that the culture is having. Find out more at equipradio.org. Whatever you do, don't go anywhere. There's much more to come with Lisa Fields here on Equip. 
Also, we're going to talk about her Why I Don't Go series that will help you to understand the mind and thinking of those who have opted out of the church. So many good things that Jude 3 is doing. Find out more at EquipRadio.org or our social media spaces, Facebook and Twitter, Equip Radio. We'll be right back. At Equipped, it's our goal to strengthen your faith. And we're always excited as we hear stories of people coming to faith as a result of our program. But we couldn't possibly accomplish this mission alone. That's why we're looking for equippers and people just like you who will give a monthly gift to help us keep this program on the air. Would you consider partnering with us? Become an equipper today and receive special insider benefits, such as a bi-weekly email that contains pastoral messages prepared just for you. Call 888 888- 644-4144 or go online. That's equipradio.org, equipradio.org. So grateful for all of you who listen, support, and encourage the program. You know, it is not lost on me that we are here every day because of God's grace and your generosity. So thank you for your support for the program. If you have been blessed by Equip, please Consider prayerfully and financially standing with us. You can find out more about the ministry by going to our website, or if it's easier, dial this number, 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144. Lisa Fields is my guest today, president of the Jude 3 Project. We're talking about um, this wonderful tool for having conversations that the culture is engaging in. It's called Courageous Conversations. If you want to take up the question of what is truth or can the Bible be trusted or is Jesus the only way or what is justice? What does the Bible say about same-sex relationships and attraction? This book uh, will help you to process through those conversations. Lisa, you've referred to, I've referred to a couple of times this Why I Don't Go series that you've been doing. Can you just share what that series is for those who may not be familiar? Yes. Yeah, so it's a series where I sit down with young adults who've left the faith just to hear them. Um, we usually, I listen to them for an hour and then we come back and I usually bring a pastor or scholar along. I try to bring a pastor to kind of bridge the gap um, for them with church um, to do Q and a about their questions. And so it has been a successful series because people, they get to hear themselves and they hear other people sharing their frustrations, and then they get their questions answered as well. You know, what's underestimated in evangelism and apologetics and in the Christian faith in this day and age is not only the importance of the art and science of speaking well, but the importance of listening well. Um, Mm -hmm. There are a lot of gifts that are applauded in the body. Uh, Lisa, you know, if somebody's a dynamic speaker, uh, man, they get celebrated. I think about my brother and friend, Charlie Dates. What an amazing speaker, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, And rightfully so, celebrated for those preaching abilities. Uh, those who are great singers. I think about some of the great singers in this day and age that are rightfully so celebrated in this generation. And even some more specific to this conversation that are scholars, 
that are writing wonderful books. I've referred to uh, Jarvis Williams, who I get a chance to talk to on uh, Monday. Um, is such a great scholar, a world-class New Testament scholar. But what I don't think we do enough celebrating of, at least I haven't seen lately awards being given out for those who are just awesome and dynamic listeners mm-hmm. who excel at listening. And uh, among your many gifts of leadership, which are apparent to all of us, I think maybe the strongest area of strength for you is the power of listening well, processing through both your mind and your heart, and being able to then speak thoughtfully uh, to those that you are in conversation with. Talk about the importance of listening in evangelism. Yeah, that's such a good good point and a good question um, to think through. Um, I learned this, the power of listening, just actually through failure. Mm. So I, I say that when I got exposed to apologetics and theology in undergrad, I became very zealous. And I wanted to tell all my friends how wrong they were and how some of their pastors weren't sound. Um, and I just, (laughs) and I was listening to like, you know, I think I had these people I was listening to like Paul Washer all the time, who's like really intense. Um, (laughs) and I just was gung ho about being articulating my points. And I ran a lot of people off that way. Mm. Um, and it was a humbling experience to, I think, go through life and realize like that's not the way to convert people. Mm-hmm. That's not the way that people are transformed. And so God humbled me in that. And then I was, I was able to listen better to people. Yeah. I remember meeting with a, a, one of the guys who had left the faith that was a part of the campus ministry that I was a part of. And this was some years after college. And he was, he asked a mutual friend, Hey, will Lisa meet with me? Cause I have some questions. And I listened to him for four hours at mm. this restaurant because I just felt like what he was arguing at first, he started talking about, you know, why would God send somebody to hell? Um, he was just saying, he, then he was on science. He was all over the place. You know how these conversations sure. can go sometimes. It's just everything. And it was like, the spirit was like, don't say anything, just listen. And at the end of the conversation, he finally got to the fact that he just wanted to be able to have sex with his girlfriend and not feel guilty about it. That was really the core. And he had masked it with all these other things. And I was thinking if I had to argue with him on every point and not listen to him get to the root, because sometimes people have to talk themselves through that, I would be ministering to something that's not his real concern. And I believe a lot of people in apologetics are having these conversations and they're getting nowhere because they just, every point, they're like, oh, I know something about that science and faith. Or I know something mm. about the authority of scripture. And you're arguing and you feel like you're talking to a brick wall and you're not penetrating. And yeah. it's like, no, if we listen, we pray and we ask the Holy Spirit, give us wisdom. Give us guidance. Give us when to say and what to say. I think we'll have more effective conversations. Doesn't mean you don't use your apologetic knowledge. You just know when to use it. You know, Lisa, I'm so grateful that you made that point because we could talk about a myriad of subjects, prove how smart you are and uh, the the folks who contributed to your resource, and people walk away with the sense of, I can't do that. 
you know, the, it takes some special qualification. But the one thing that I know we all can do is listen well. I was blessed to be mentored by a man named Pastor George W. Bogle. Many will not know that name, but some will, in particular in the Metro Detroit area. And he uh, was the one who uh, introduced me to Christian radio in many ways. He had a 50-year-long radio ministry. But I remember him listening to those who called in. And honestly, Lisa, I struggled with, why are you listening so long? Like, I, I, I figured out the answer two minutes ago, and you're still mm-hmm. listening. But what I realized is that in the listening, not only was he leaving space for the Spirit to speak to him, but the Spirit to speak to the person. And there were so many times when the person got to the end of what they wanted to say, and it wasn't even anything needed from him. Uh, the Lord had already ministered to their hearts, his truth and his grace. And so I just want to commend this resource is great. And I want you to read and I want you to study, but I also want you to remember the words of James, that we need to be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to anger in a world full of wrath. Maybe the greatest act of love and Christ-like compassion that we can offer to a broken, divided culture is the gift of listening well. And I do want to also say, for those who may say, listening is compromise, listening is weakness, that it was uh, Christ who modeled this for us. It's the words of Scripture that teach us that listening is a virtue and a strength. We're going to take a a break. When we come back, I want to delve into these topics with Lisa and find out what has surprised her the most with her engagement with people who have walked away from church. Maybe you know someone who's walked away from church. Maybe you're ministering to them and you need prayer or help or have questions. Join this conversation, dial 877-LIVE-675. We'll be right back. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Taking your phone calls at 877-LIVE-675, 877-548-3675. Maybe you are uh, living in an urban context doing urban ministry and uh, you, you have questions about how to effectively convey the gospel. Maybe you're being bombarded with questions that you uh, would love to process with someone I can't think of a better person to process with than Lisa Fields. 877-LIVE-675 is the number, 877-548-3675. Maybe you know someone who's walked away from the faith, urban ministry or not. They've decided, I'm checking out. They they once were in church, but now uh, no longer. And you would love to know, how do I reach them? How do I engage them? 877-548-3675 is the number. As I look at this uh, resource, Courageous Conversations, the tool you need for the conversations in the culture, I got to give a big shout out to uh, uh, Yana uh, Janae Connor, as well as uh, Cheryl Lee Duxworth uh, for their amazing work as well. 
as uh, their their uh, theological contribution uh, to this resource. So please, Lisa, thank them as well for us for their work here with this wonderful tool. Um, Lisa, what surprises you still as you engage in these conversations with both skeptics as well as believers who have left the church? I think what surprises me is their desire to know truth and the hunger for a, a connection to something higher than them. Yeah. I think most people feel like, you know, we're in a hopeless situation. People don't want God. They actually have a desire because God has created within us a longing yes. for something that's bigger than ourselves or bigger than any human being can feel. Yes. And that's him. And I think people, after they searched all over, looking for peace, joy, and they keep coming up empty. And they're like, point me to where I could get hope, peace, because career didn't do it. A relationship didn't do it. Money didn't do it. My education didn't do it. I'm still longing for something. And people, there is there is an opportunity with the darkness for us to be light and for us to be salt on the earth. And I think some of us are so discouraged because we hear people saying negative things about Christianity, but don't let their negative, the things they say negatively Mm. detract you. I remember seeing a guy who was an atheist, former atheist. He said, you know, I was going on YouTube and finding Christian uh, channels to just attack. But he was like, that's when I was at the closest to conversion. Wow. And I thought that was interesting that it looked like he probably would never convert. But even in his anger, God was still moving. And I think sometimes we get discouraged and say, man, they're not hearing me. But sometimes that anger is them actually crying out Mm -hmm. and they don't really know how to articulate their emotions. And God can even work in that to bring transformation. Okay, so two things I want to reference real quickly. Uh, For those who may need a cultural translation or connection to this, I think about the U2 song, I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people who are singing the lyrics of that song in this generation that I've searched all over and I still haven't found what I'm looking for. But I also want to reference what we recently saw in Buffalo with DeMar Hamlin, Lisa, what a reminder. I mean, this football player has a heart attack on Monday Night Football, and what do you see the culture doing? Across the culture, people are talking about faith and praying and um, a higher power and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, God, and all of these things are just a reminder, to me at least, that evangelism is still needed. Like, I think there's a lot of folks who feel like, hey, uh, the world has heard the gospel. They've chosen to reject it. Let's just love Jesus in our own private corners and just go on and accept that there's a gulf between us and them that can never be bridged. When the reality is there's a ton of people who are saying, can somebody just please point me to the king? Can somebody please help me to know truth. And uh, I'm grateful for uh, for the resources and the Ministry of Jude 3 project. Let's go to the phone lines, Birmingham, Alabama, Wakita 
is uh, there uh, listening to us. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Uh, what is your question for Lisa Wakita? Okay, we're, it looks like we don't have Akita. Our uh, phone system is having a little bit of technical difficulty. We will try our best to get her back. Or while we're waiting, I uh, will try to connect with her now. Akita, are you there? Yes, hello. Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. Happy Friday to you. <laughs> What's your question for Lisa? Thanks. My question, hi, thanks for taking my call, uh, Ms. Fields. I am so excited to hear what you're saying. I have been given the same calling, and my question is, um, how do you uh, – let's see, what's my question? First, let me tell you what I've been called to do, same as you, and I'm doing it through Bible study. God have mm-hmm. called me to reach African American yes. and the world, yes. but our people, and the topic is for the lack of spiritual knowledge, my people mm-hmm. perish. Mm-hmm. Talking to us as a people, we don't know yes. who we are, whose we are, and our purpose in this life. So God have called me to teach that, beginning with the Book of Genesis. Yeah. So I'm starting out. I'm 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 not educated in theology or none of that. But God called me to do this, and I'm starting out doing Bible study. So my question to you is, is that a a good place to start? I don't know how far God has taken me with this, but I'm I'm doing Bible study all over the place. And I'm starting with the book of Genesis to teach us as a people. I have different races that come to the Bible study, Mm. but I'm teaching it from the book of Genesis for everybody, for the lack of spiritual knowledge. If I could, uh, Wakita, and I want to let Lisa respond. I just want to say thank you for the heart you have for God. Thank you for the heart you have for people, clear heart and love you have for people. And thank you for also being able to discern a call from God and being faithful enough to say yes to it. So all of those things, uh, uh, I want to say thank you. But uh, Lisa, there's so many, like Wakita and more, who say, I sense God calling me to a similar type of ministry. Where do I get started? Mm-hmm. No, that's a great question. And thank you for your question. I think, you know, sometimes when we when we sense a calling, we think we have to go big or go home. Mm-hmm. And I, I just believe that if you're faithful where you are, God will give you the direction. He didn't tell me I would be here when I started Jude 3. He didn't tell me that we yes. would have curriculum or all these things. I just started being faithful. We started with a gathering of pastors to help train them in apologetics. And we did a couple of those. Then I felt the leading of the Lord to go to a podcast. It was step by step. And so I think if you trust God where you are, be faithful, he'll lead you. Don't worry about the next five years. I mean, you know, we live in a year where uh, a five-year plan, and I know it's good to plan, but oftentimes God doesn't show you where you're going to be in five years. He just tells you to be faithful where you are now. And so I think just be faithful where you are. Do what you feel like God has called you to do in this season. And when he wants you to move or take the uh, ministry to another direction, he will prompt you and speak to you in a way that's clear to you and that you will do that next step. And then you will several years down the line be somewhere you never expected to be. Uh, Wakita, I want to say amen to everything Lisa just said to you. Be faithful where you are. I would also add a word of advice and wisdom. 
that I was so blessed to receive from a mentor of mine on the front end of my ministry, and that is the first call to any ministry is preparation. Um, Jesus, and it's been said many uh, 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 by many a preacher, that Jesus spent 30 years preparing for a public ministry that lasted three to three and a half years on earth. Um, Billy Graham once was asked, if you only had three years to live, what would you do? And his answer was, I'd spend two years preparing and then one year preaching. All that to say, every moment we invest in preparing ourselves for ministry is a moment well spent. So I would, if I'm you, spend as much time as I can devouring the resources from ministries like Jude 3. Um, I would, if you um, have the grace and the freedom, uh, think about Bible training programs that you can get grounded in because we want to make sure that what we're teaching others is uh, is is faithful to the gospel. And, uh, and with that being said, that may mean that our passion for reaching people uh, needs to be tempered by our preparation. And so be faithful where you are, get prepared, get trained as much as you can, and watch God bless and move. Uh, Father, we pray for our dear sister, Rakita. I pray that you would use her faithfully and mightily for your glory. I pray, Lord, that through your spirit and by your word, she be able to persuade others of the lordship of Jesus Christ. And may many come to faith as a result. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Um, Time flies when you're talking to Lisa Fields. So we're up against our last break of the day. The resources, Courageous Conversations, it takes up some of the most important cultural uh, questions of our day that the church needs to be able to answer. Uh, What is truth? Can we trust the Bible? Is Jesus the only way? What is sin? What is justice? What does the Bible say about same-sex relationships? Uh, All of this and so much more can be found in this resource. I want to encourage you, order your copy, go to our website, equipradio.org. That's equipradio.org. Also, uh, if you want to find out more about Lisa and her ministry, all of that is there on our website. Also, you can interact with social media available to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Whatever you do, don't go anywhere. Much more to come next up on Equip with Chris Brooks. Does the thought of reading through the Bible in a year overwhelm you? Then I have the perfect guide for you. 52 Weeks in the Word provides a reading plan that's not too big or too small, offering 52 reflections, one per week, along with prayer prompts and insights for each scripture reading. Discover the whole story of the Bible from beginning to end. Get your copy with a gift to Equip by calling 888-644-4144 or visit EquipRadio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Lisa Fields is my guest. What a blessing it is anytime Lisa can stop by. Uh, she is a busy lady with so much going on, but I do want you to be aware of what's happening with the Jew 3 Project. Lisa, has a date been set, location been set for Courageous Conversations 23? 
yes, it will be back at um, National Community Church on Labor Day weekend, that uh, Friday and Saturday before Labor Day in Washington, D.C. And give folks a sense of what's the turnout and in uh, some of the topics. Yeah, we we uh, between virtual and online, we usually have around 900 people. And uh, it is this year, uh, the the theme is moving from deconstruction to reconstruction. It's uh, so good. Reclaiming re, uh, faith. Um, because I just feel like people have moved from this, they in this deconstruction phase, but anytime you deconstruct something, you need to, to reconstruct it and you need to see what faith looks on the other side. Um, and, and we want to help people do that um, in a way that we feel is biblically grounded and holistic to help them be rooted and grounded in faith for the long haul. So plan your family vacation around courageous conversations. That's going to be my tagline for you, Lisa, that uh, (laughs) find themselves at the National Community Church. And uh, so grateful for what you're doing, Lisa. And we'll make sure that we're getting the word out. All right. Uh, I think uh, so many questions in our culture can be settled in many ways uh, if there is an agreement on the uh, integrity and truth and authority of Scripture. So maybe, to me at least, out of all the questions that your book takes up, I would love for you to give a brief response on how you have processed the question, can we trust the Bible? Yeah, that's a great question. We're actually in a podcast series that starts next week on Can We Trust the Bible? Shirelle is going to start. Then we have Eric Redman, and then we will have Jarvis Williams. Eric Redman talks mm, about the Old mm, Testament. Jarvis mm-hmm. talks about the reliability of the New Testament. And really, I believe that we can trust the Bible. We can trust the Old Testament because Jesus trusted the Old Testament. And when you look at Scripture, there is no more transformative body of work or body of writings that has proven over time that it actually does what it claims to do. And that's one of the reasons, in addition to the beautiful layout that Sherelle gives in her chapter, that I trust the Bible because it has transformed my life and others that I've got a privilege to walk with. And yes, there are challenges and there are things in the Bible that we wrestle with that are hard, but there is no other book that is liberating in this way. Mm. And that causes me to put my trust in the word because I have read books and none of them have transformed me the way the Bible has. And I just believe that it is true. You know, it's so powerful to hear you say that because you start with uh, the testimony really of the effects of the word on your life. And so often I think we can get into kind of cognitive and intellectual back and forth, right? And there's certainly Mm -hmm. a place for that. We have to talk about the historicity of Scripture, which is strong. We have to talk about uh, the veracity of Scripture, which can be proven, the evidence of uh, the continuity of Scripture. There's so much we can talk about. But what we often fail to do is what you just did, which is the testimony of the transforming power of Scripture. But that leads me to another question. And Lisa, I wish I could tell you these questions get easier. But you face them all the time. In a world of so many religious options, 
why choose Jesus? Why follow Jesus in particular exclusively? Why not Jesus and Mohammed, Jesus and ISIS, Jesus and the nation of gods and earth? Uh, why, why would you say follow Jesus as Lord and Savior? That's a that's a fantastic question and a question that we are wrestling with every day when we're coming in contact with people. First, we have to think that every religion claim makes some kind of exclusive claim. So it's hard to hold two faiths in mm. tension mm. Um, because they're going to contradict each other. Yes. So think about Christianity and Islam. If we believe in a triune God and Islam doesn't teach it, that Jesus is God, they're already in contradiction on yes. a major tenet of the faith. And so we cannot hold those intention and say, I hold to this because somebody has to be telling the truth. Yes. Um, one is going to cancel out the other. But I believe that Christianity to me is so attractive because it talks about a God who wrapped himself in flesh to rescue us, mm. that he initiated through his love for us while we were yet sinners. He died for us. No other faith shows us a God that's willing to sacrifice his life for our reconciliation to him. That's a love that no other faith has claimed. And I want to serve a God who loves me so much that even when I was wayward, he decided to die for me. And I don't see that in any other place. And there is no other liberator that is go- that can bring that kind of love that will lead to that kind of transformation in your life. There's no other liberator that will give you the hope, the joy, and the peace you need. You could try to work your way to God through other faiths, but why not trust a God that died for you to be made right with him? You know, there is a lot of uh, spots or commercial uh, spots that you'll hear when you listen to Equip. Not a lot, but a, a few um, one of which that we've recently began to play is this, is that every day I get a chance to introduce my my listeners, my audience to great guests who, and, and wonderful resources. But there is one person above all that I would love for you to meet. There is one person above all that I would love to introduce you to, and that is Jesus. Jesus, as Lisa just said, is Messiah. He is Lord. He is the only person who loved you enough to die for your sins. And he is powerful enough to give you the forgiveness, the grace, uh, the salvation that your heart and soul longs for. So I would love for you to get to know Jesus today. If today you want to give your life to the Lord, or maybe you've been far from him and you want to come back home again, call this number 888-NEED-HIM. That's 888-NEED-HIM. Lisa, thank you. Thank you for having me. Friends, I can't wait till we're together again next time. Until then, remember Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.